Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for church home growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, on Wednesdays from 12 a.m. to 3 p.m., we're fasting. The Bible says that some things come through prayer and fasting. And so I want to invite you to join in and fast with us. That's on every Wednesday to the end, the last Wednesday of September. We're fasting every Wednesday. We'll just be consistent and praying, Lord, help me crown my head with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help me to be wise. Help me to have a better, better clarity in financial matters spiritual matters, my soul salvation, and helping of others. Lord bless us. And that, that's our prayer. That's our prayer. Above all of that, souls need to be saved. And they cannot be saved without a witness. You're a witness. That's the whole purpose that we're here, is to be a witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to tell of his goodness, to tell about what he has done. That's what a testimony is, how the Lord took you through something. And when I talk about testimonies, I'm talking about what God has taken you through. He brought you through one thing to bring you through what you're dealing with now. Now, how we define that is another subject that we'll discuss on another day. At this time, let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. And while we're seeking the Lord, now I believe that when we seek the Lord, we should open up. We should call upon him. Open, our, open your mouth up until he feel it. That's the most important thing is that God has his way. We go through... We go through a motion of things. We go through a, a ritual where we just go through things, you know, and uh, saying something over it. And God never gets involved in that. It, it never takes effect. Yes, that's what I said. That's what I said. Uh, because when something is really coming from out of your soul, your voice is different. You cry out differently. When you really need help, it, it, the tone and the atmosphere, everything changes in that moment. I wonder if you need some help this morning. I know I do. I need some help. And I'm looking toward the hills where my help come from. And I know who made the hills. I know who made the mountains. And so I'm asking that, that as we go before the Lord in the word of prayer, whatever your petition is, that you ask God according to his will. Ask the Lord according to his will. Your desire, 
everyone's desires should line up with the will of God. And so while we're seeking him in this time, and, and, and you know, and even though I'm talking, you should be pouring your heart out Thank unto you. the Lord. You know, not don't, my talk is not for those that are present, it's for those that are listening Thank and those you. that will be listening later. And so you Thank should you. really be crying out to God. You should be crying out. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you should be crying out unto him. You know, uh, you need the Holy Ghost to be saved. You need the Holy Ghost. And to, to everyone that is saved is going to be sealed with that promise that God has. Ah, ah, glory. Bless your Lord. They're going to be sealed with that promise. Promise of the Holy Ghost. Not only are they sealed with that promise, but they're also living a sanctified life because the Bible says in Leviticus and in Hebrews and that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So it's not just having the spirit of God. You got to live holy. You can't be screwing around. Yes, we're going before the Lord in prayer, but I'm telling you what, what uh, some need to repent of. You can't be out having sex unmarried. You can't be cheating on your wife. Can't be cheating on your Thank husband. You. Uh, don't cheat on your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Uh, don't be mistreating the children and uh, abusing and situations and stealing and lying and carrying on. You know, we, we need to make sure that, that we're right with God. Bless your name, Jesus. We need to be consistent, be faithful to him. We're faithful to our jobs, but not faithful to God. We give, oh, bless your Lord Jesus. Listen. Listen, while we're praying and while we're seeking him, I'm going to let a little bit of this song play. Uh, the presence of the Lord is here. Uh, and, and so you know, we're going to be seeking him for a moment. You know, we need to take some time out and call upon the Lord while he is present. The day is going to come. He's not going to be present. And the Bible tells us that as a tree fall, that's how it lays. And so while uh, Brian Byron Cage is playing, uh, the presence of the Lord is here. We're going to be seeking the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Savior. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Bless your name, Savior. Thank you, Lord. Lord, feel it. Lord, let your presence be Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, Lord God, you're worthy of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Savior. Bless your Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless your name, Savior. Bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to call upon you. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to seek your face, Lord. Lord, to call upon you while you can be found. Lord God, we thank you and honor you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We thank you and honor you, Lord God, for all that you have done and those things that you are going to do for us. Lord Jesus, I pray and ask that you would bless each one that is under the sound of my voice. Lord, you know and understand the need of every individual. Lord God, you know and understand. You know, Lord God, the dynamics of every situation. There's nothing that is not understood by you. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing impossible for you. Thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you know the finances of your people, Lord God. You know, Lord God, the desires, Lord Jesus, of and the healing that needs to occur. 
Lord God, you know where there's mental and emotional trauma, Lord God, and what to do about it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, you know where there's complacency. You know, Lord God, where there is, Lord God, where there has been negligence. You know, Lord, you know, Lord God. And so I pray and ask, Lord, that you would not only bless, but you would forgive. Lord Jesus, that you would forgive, Lord God. Lord, forgiveness is needed, Lord. And those things that we may have done that we didn't even think about. Those things that we neglected, that we just dismissed so easily. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory. Glory to your name, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, ask your forgiveness, Lord. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord God, to do your will so that your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, help us to walk with the conscious awareness of our actions, what we do, what we say, how we look. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Hey, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful Savior. Lord God, you're good to us. Lord, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. Lord God, thank you, Lord. Lord God, as we have gathered, as we are gathering, Lord God, together in the beauty of holiness to bless you. To give you glory and honor, Lord God, recognizing that you are the audience. We're here to worship you. We're here to magnify you and to lift you up above everything, to lift you up above every situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God. Lord, remember those that are bedridden, those that are in places where they cannot come to service because of work because of other scenarios that prevents them i ask that you would bless them remember them lord god and remember the desire lord the, the prayer that solomon had made if the people would just look in the direction of the temple that and ask and seek your face as your forgiveness, Lord God, that you would hear them and that you would forgive sin. Lord, we thank you and we thank you for what you have done. We honor and we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to stand and to minister your word. Thank you, Lord. Lord, carry us further in your service. Help us, Lord God, to lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just wherever you are, you are telling them thank you. You can drive them down the street, thank you. You're at work, you can put a thank you on your mind. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. I want you to know that, that this is a war of the anointed. Yes, we are in a warfare, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. But if you turn to the back of the book, we've already run. Amen. At this time, we're going to we're going to go into the.
God this morning. So I want to direct your attention to the book of Luke, to the book of Luke. You know, I woke up this morning, there was, and in my heart, uh, this the song says, there's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Oh, millions have come. There's room for one. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's room for one. There's room at the cross for you. There's room. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's room for thank God because, you know, there are times that, and you may have experienced this and you may even be experiencing it or going to experience it tomorrow, but, you know, there are times that the the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord serenades you and sends a word your way, sends a song your way, and it's not a song that you've been listening to. Um, I have uh, been spending time in lectures and other uh areas of significance that I need to um, to give my attention to. It doesn't mean I'm not giving attention to the Lord because I, I believe that is how we start and end our day. As we go through our day, you know, because the Bible said man should always pray. So even in my studies, whether I'm studying the word of God, whether I'm studying technology, there is a prayer that uh, there's some, there's a communication going on between me and the Lord. And I can equate even my tech tech technical studies in areas of the scripture. And so, but there's that song that God sends that was just not in your mind. It was not in your heart. And there it is uh, being sung to you. And that was one of the songs I woke up this morning with that particular song in my heart. And so just giving you a little time at the book of Luke, St. Luke, the 14th chapter. The St. Luke, the 14th chapter. And, all right, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Won't prolong the time, but the Bible says, Then said he unto him. So the Lord is addressing 
someone, where, where is my Bible, my other Bible? Thank you, Jesus. Then said he unto him, the 14th chapter, 14th chapter of Luke. Now, for those that are in the book of Luke, 14th chapter of Luke. And for those that are not in the book of Luke, um, I'm reading from the 16th verse. It says, then said he unto him. Then said he unto him. A certain man made a great supper and bade many. Certain man made a great supper, made a, a feast, made a great supper, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. All things are now ready. The, let me go. I'm trying. I'm trying my best not to jump ahead of myself. I get excited about the Lord. That is one of my greatest excitement. He is uh, my shield and exceeding great reward. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must need go and see it. Bought some land. And I, and I got to go see the land I bought. I, I pray thee to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of ox. And I go to prove them. I bought five oxen and I go and test them out. And I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. I'm, I'm find that statement a little humorous uh, as a thought crossed my mind, which I may or may not share later. But, but he's right now. And he cannot So that servant came and showed his Lord things. Then the master of the house began being angry, said to her servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room for the Lord said unto the servant, and the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel, compel them to come in. My house may be filled. 
go out and compel them that my house may be filled. Just want to take a little thought here, and that is fill the house. Want you to know that there is a seat for you. The Bible says a certain man made a great supper, supper, dinner, all the fixings. He made something to be remembered. You know, a good meal is something that you will remember. There are places that I've gone, some favorite restaurants, but I also have some favorite cooks where I visited uh, their home where we have met and they cooked and, and, and it was a meal to remember. There are certain things that certain people sort of specialize in. My godmother specialized in, to me, and this is on, this is to me, which she may have cooked for some that are listening, uh, those that are some that are, pre but there was something that she cooked that I really liked and it was called lemon jello cake. And so there's no secret, I like cake, all right? And no, I do not look like a pound cake or anything like that either. But listen, well, I guess that's a matter of opinion too. So, <laughs> But there are other things that she cooked. And, you know, and so a dinner, all the fixing, something to be remembered. Now, a party can be something to remember, a party. It don't have to be a bad party. Things don't have to be uh, terrible. A, a great party, something you remember. You had a good time. I went to an all-white party, and um, and I had a good time. You know, uh, for the, some of you that don't know, a, a white party, and by name, you probably figured it out, you were all white. You know, um, you wore your white outfit uh, to the party or to the dinner, uh, whatever the celebration is, and I enjoyed that. Um, you know, and then there is an in, uh, intimate dinner for two, something that will be remembered. You know, maybe you sat across the table and uh, looked into her eyes and and, and uh, took a spoonful of uh, dessert and, and fed it to her. She'll remember that, you know, it's, it's something to remember. Or maybe she smashed something in your, who knows. But listen, it was an intimate moment something to be remembered. This dinner was something to be remembered. A certain man made a great supper, a great banquet, and he invited many guests. He felt, and it's in my mind, and maybe you got something, or maybe you'll get something different, but he felt the supper would benefit those he called friends. He would make some new friends and introducing current friends to new friends, the community becomes healthier. There's something about a really good meal, something about eating together. As we read through the scripture, you find that they were eating together. It wasn't uh, it's something that you could see pretty often through the scriptures about eating together. A good meal, eating together and enjoying the moment. When the food is good, the table gets quiet. There's not a lot of conversation going on when the food is good. 
Everybody's enjoying the food. It, it's also the same when, when we're in service sometimes. I've been in service where the preacher's like, come on, y'all, say amen. And, you know, can I get a witness? And if I was in a sanctified church, you no, know, sometimes the food is so good that you are absorbing, that you are listening, that you are embracing what is being said. It places you on the edge of your seat. I was listening to, uh, to the district elder uh, speak about uh repairing the breaches and you know and and i was on the edge of my seat as the word of god was was melting my heart as as it was just burning i was on fire on the inside it was not a moment to, for me to say a bunch of things or to do anything because i was engaged in every word that was being said i was listening attentively because I wanted to hear what the spirit had to say to the church. When the food is good, you get quiet. Conversations eventually will erupt into, and, and then there may be laughter as, you know, but certain when everybody is together and everyone is eating, it levels the playing field. Everyone now is on the same level. There are a few instances that you are not elevated above anyone. Eating is one of them. Going to the bathroom, one or two, is another one. Everyone's on the same level. There, there is no big eyes, no little U's or anything like that. Now, growing up and, and being in a leadership role, I noticed that leaders tend to sit together. They call it the head table. And so they sit at the head table, but personally, I like sitting everywhere. I like sitting with, over with the, uh, with the deacons. I like sitting with the brothers and, and, and the sisters and everybody as we sit there and laugh and act silly. Because certainly when I look up at the head table, I find some funny things sometimes. And so we laugh about those things. And I'm sure that when I'm sitting there, I may get laughed at too because we are comical and we look funny, all right? And so uh, when you're not at the head table, the head table seem to have starch. You know, that's the best way I could put it, it's starched. You know, but, um, but when you're sitting out in the audience, uh, the starch is lighter. And so it is more humorous. The Bible tells us in Matthews 9, the 10th verse, it says, it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with the publicans and sinners? In other words, how come he's not sitting with us? You know, where, where, <laughs> you know, hey, how come he's not sitting with us? I want you to know Jesus needed them, he needed the publicans, he needed the sinners. Now, maybe no one has ever told you that before, or maybe they did. But I'm re and if they did, then I'm re only reminding you that Jesus needed the sinners and he needed the publicans and they needed Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. We all need Jesus. He sat with them. He understood them.
uh, he was connection with them was different than it was with the scribes and Pharisees. And we're not going to spend time in that this morning. But I want you to think about that as you read the scripture, as you are reading through the book of Luke, uh, as you are reading through the book of Acts, as you are reading through the book of Mark, uh, whatever very whatever book you are in in your personal uh, Bible study, I want you to stop and look at the relationship that was being nurtured among the people, the relationship that Christ brought the same relationship that every pastor should be bringing, every evangelist, every minister, every, uh, well, let's just, let's just, and he gave some apostle who have now, all the apostles have died. Um, I, that has nothing to do with the new apostles that are present. But listen, all those that saw Jesus, that that was the criteria for being an apostle, uh, they're dead. That's those are the and so he gave some apostles, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Everyone should have, there is a commonality that Christ had and that he brought that we should all of the ministry, including the deacons, uh, should have with people. We all have needs. Let me say that again. We all have needs. Jesus needed them and they needed Jesus. 12 and 47 says, if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. I came to save the world. I didn't come to destroy you. Jesus did not come to rip you up. Talk about the needle on your arm. He didn't come to talk about the bottle that you turned. He didn't come to talk about the pills that you that you took. He didn't come to talk about what you rolled up and smoked. He didn't come to talk about who you laid with last night or, or, or who you just climbed out of bed. He didn't come to talk about that because you already know that. Uh, the, the woman at the, thank you, Jesus. The woman at the, uh, that met Jesus, that, that, well, she didn't meet him. They dragged her there. They, they caught her. We caught this woman in adultery. So they were peeking through the window, those peeping times were looking and grabbed her, took her to Jesus to be judged. And the Bible said that he, he stooped down and he began to write in the sand. You don't say what he wrote. I can think of a few different things that he might have wrote or written. But uh, he said now, if you don't have no sin, then you go ahead and cast the first stone. You want a stoner? If you, then go ahead. And when he looked up, all the men were gone and the woman was standing there and he, and he didn't judge her. He didn't beat her down or anything of that nature. I think she already knew where she was. I don't believe that she enjoyed where she was. There's something about what we do that when the flesh wars against the spirit of man, we find ourselves doing things that we would not normally do. None of us came out the womb saying that I'm going to be addicted to anything. Anything, whatever comes to your mind, that's what I'm talking about. 
None of us came out the womb thinking that we would be arrogant, that we would be operate senselessly. Someone uh, made a statement to me and I, I, and I jokingly said that I'm not that smart. I'm about as smart as a bucket of hair. When it comes to God, we're not that smart. We're living off our flesh. That's why the Bible said that, that, uh, that we crucify the flesh. The Bible tells us to, to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily because this flesh will take control and have you doing things that you would not otherwise be doing. We would be acting senselessly and we would try to make excuses for our senselessness. If it doesn't make sense, then it is nonsense. And some of us act very much. And don't get offended by what I'm saying, but like a bucket of hair. No brain, just beauty. Oh, that looks good. Well, what do you think women are going to buy when they go and buy weeds? They buy on hair. There's no brain attached to it. There's nothing attached to that hair except that they look at it and, and that it looked good. It may have been in a box. It may have been in a package. It may have been in a bucket. But listen. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. But listen. <laughs> Our flesh. Your flesh. Now, the playing field is lowered when we're all together and we're eating. Even in church, when we come together and gather in the house, we're all in the same place. We're all in the church. We're all gathered together in his house, which is called the house of prayer. And he said, judgment begins in my house. So we're all in the same place on the same playing field. When the playing field has been low, have been level, when we're all eating, when we're all in the same place. I like the Planet Fitness motto or that known slogan, judgment-free zone. The person sitting next to you has no right to judge you. The person presenting the word of God has no right to judge you. Now, when I say judgment, I'm talking about personal opinions. I'm not talking about the word of God because the word of God has judged all of us, either fit or unfit for the kingdom of God. The word of God has also presented the plan of, of salvation to each of us. So we're not talking about opinion. When opinion is, is where people become judgmental. Now, if you're wrong and someone say, man, you're wrong for what you did or you're wrong for what you're doing, assist, don't, don't do that, then there is, that's a difference. But opinion is when you sit next to someone and you just having a moment, you having a fit, you wish you could get up and sit somewhere else, but you can't because uh, whatever, something's going on with you. Something's going on with you. 
You're not thinking that you are better than someone else. That's what we mean by judgment. It is meant to welcome, judgment-free zone meant to welcome and represent a feeling of comfort regardless of, a, of an individual's fitness. Now, that's what the slogan is supposed to imply. But I believe that it's also implied when Jesus sat down and ate with the Republicans and sinners. Now, when we come together, when we all get together, what a day of rejoicing it will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout victory. When we all get together and accept repentance, when we all get together and make a change, when we all get together and see that the one that can help us is there saying, here I am for you. Not to condemn you, but to help you. Jesus told the, the scribes and Pharisees that I didn't come to call the righteous. I came for those that are bound. Luke uh, receives a report of a woman that was bent over. Can you imagine being bent over? You might have saw some people that looked deformed. Some people that was in bad shape just right in your local neighborhood. You have to be watching cable to see what's going on. Well, there's some people right next to you. And he healed her and they got upset with him because it was on a Sabbath day. And he rebuked them, he talked about them because they were more interested in tradition. They were more interested in the hand-me-down religion that was put together by someone without any consideration of those that needed to be healed. And so he healed her. 18 years, this woman was in this situation. 18 years, people had seen her. 18 years, she somewhere along the line, she's been to the service without and left the same way she came in and Jesus healed her. The 17th verse says, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. The man prepared a delicious meal and sent his servants to let everyone know the food is ready. It's time to eat. The chicken had been baked, the fish fried or grilled, potatoes smothered, scalloped potatoes with cheese, mashed potatoes, garlic potatoes, green beans prepared with onions and you know, maybe a pot of greens that have been prepared. You know, if you got a good pot of greens, they could be as tender as the meat. You may not eat nothing but hot water cornbread and greens that day. The dressing had been well seasoned and prepared, uh, chicken gizzards and, uh, and, and meat in it to satisfy you. Not to mention the, the peach cobbler and the cakes that was made from scratch. 
Yeah, I can only imagine what has been, what was prepared on that day. And he sent his servants to let everyone know. Uh, don't, don't look for Grubhub. Don't look for DoorDash or Uber Eats. Uh, that won't do. Now, idioms for, for fast foods and a quick fix. Today, some, that's all they want. I'm going to get me some Grubhub. I've called DoorDash. Uh, Uber Eats is on the way. The Bible speaks about that in 2 Timothy 4, beginning at the second verse. Preach, he told them to preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season. Reprove, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. Here we go. For the time will come that they will not endure a good meal. Sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they're going to heap to themselves teachers. Don't call Grubhub. Having engineers, they're going to call DoorDash. And they're going to turn away from their ears from the truth because they're going to go get it from Uber Eats. And they're going to uh, lean and they shall turn unto fables. Quick, something that sounds good, something that stimulates emotionally but does nothing for the soul. Nothing that sanctifies you. Nothing that causes you to, to turn around. Now, I don't mean where, where the ministers tell you to turn around three times and you're all emotional with it and you spend all around, run up the aisle and you do all that. And uh, No, I'm talking about deliverance. Because the deliverance that you get today, you should not need to be delivered from tomorrow. Holy Ghost, bless your name, Jesus. The deliverance you get today, you should not need to be delivered from it tomorrow. Now, you know the difference. We all know the difference between a home-cooked meal and fast food. Nothing replaces the preparation of a home-cooked meal. The thought that is poured into it. The heart that is put there the hope and desire to please and nurture you with good food is there. It, it, all of this goes into uh, uh, when, when someone is preparing a meal at home, they are not just cooking. They put some thought into it. It's emotional. It's heartfelt when it is being prepared. You know the feeling. If you ever have cooked for an individual or a group, you know what I'm talking about. As you slave in preparation and thinking about the joy, the experience of watching them eat your ribs that you just, that you got up at five in the morning and, and threw on the grill. As you smoked that turkey or fried it. As you prepared that fish or the chicken so that it would come off the bone, that it was seasoned, not over seasoned, not under seasoned, but just right. When you throw the, the food is so good that when you throw the bone under the table, the dog looks at it and shakes his head because there's nothing there for him except the bone to gnaw. You could have left a little meat. Some some gristle, some some bone marrow, or something like that. 
the dog, but the dog takes it. He takes it. Remember, the woman said that even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the table. It may be a little cornbread, maybe some uh, some uh, some meat, you know, because when you eating good and I, I've been I've been uh, with others at rest and the food was good and we put on bibs. I, yes. Yes. Executives put on bibs. Yeah, because when the food is good, a little bit is going to roll off. It's going to bounce off your chest and onto the floor, maybe onto your your lap or something. And I'm going to laugh when it happens because it's so good. You can laugh at me when it happens because it may happen, you know, yeah, nah, you can't see the little hole under my lip, but sometimes, you know, the food makes its way out. It's happening. You don't, don't, don't act like it, it's never happened. If it hadn't, keep, keep enjoying life. The 18th verse. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the 18th verse says, and they, and they all with one consent began to make excuses. The first said, I, I have bought a piece of ground and I must need go and see it. I, I pray that you would excuse me. And others said, I, I bought five yokes of oxen and I, I got to go and prove it. And, and, you know, and so excuse me. And others said, I, I have a wife now and I cannot come. And what excuses are you hiding behind today? What's your excuse? What is your excuse that you're not attending the supper? that has been made for you. We have a lot of excuses. We make up excuses on the fly. Uh, yeah, we make up excuses on the fly. There's even scriptures that I've heard people apply to their excuse. Don't do that to me because I'm going to call you on it. But apply scriptures to excuses. People blame the devil. That's an excuse. Blame other people with ex excuses, even when they are the ones to blame. Want to uh, project, want to cast the focus onto something else. Now, here's one that really gets me is that people, church folks, I'm going to say church folks, okay? You may hear me use that often. Church folks will sit in a service and say, amen, with nod their head. Pastor, I agree with you. And at the same time, saying, but I'm not willing to get with the program. I'm not willing to get rid of the excuses because, because, there's a because. Now, anytime you hear because, uh, your ears should perk up. Anytime you hear, but your ears should perk. Excuses are not free passes. Neither are they your friend. I, I bought something I've never seen. This is what the man said. I, I bought some land. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go see it. I, I bought a car. I, I bought some oxen and I, I, I never drove the car. I, I bought it, but I didn't. I didn't even look under the hood to see if it had an engine, but I bought this car. Now I got to go prove it. I got to go test drive the ox. Now, what's up with this guy? He said, I just, I got married. And so are you in public? You could have took her to the dinner with you, but instead you, you got to go home to be with her 
What's up with that? Our excuses. It's easy to spend, play games, watch other people get paid. Just, we, we spend, gentlemen, some ladies, spend three hours watching a football game. They're getting paid to perform. And they're at peak performance. You're not just watching somebody that rolled off a high school field that's not in peak performance. Peak performance. And what do it take to get into that performance lane where you're running, you moving all 200 pounds of muscle down the field like a locomotive and not getting tired? And some of us can't run 10 yards before we out of breath. They get paid. They're not getting paid to watch you do your work. But we won't spend the same length of time preparing ourselves for anything. It's easy to spend money, play games, watch other people get paid, binge on Netflix, binge on TikTok, and so on. I'm beginning to wonder if they had said yes at any point and then reneged when the food was ready. I can't help but wonder at the same time knowing the answer. But maybe you fix something special. Maybe you, you've done this. Maybe you experienced this. Maybe you have experienced it before. Invited guests like this man. It could have been a girlfriend and you invited a girlfriend to come and you want to impress her with, with your cooking skills. Or maybe vice versa. Maybe she wanted to impress you and all of a sudden something came up and you did not. You made a, an excuse because you thought of something better to do. It, it could have been the reunion uh, to make amend of things. Maybe it was a moment to reunite with other friends. Certainly church world needs to be united. Some need to be reunited. But first, it must understand what it means. And when I say that, I'm talking about because many churches say we're all part of the body of Christ. And I personally have issues with that for various reasons. One is that it's a, they're taking a definition of something. And so I'm not talking about Webster or Britannica. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about man-made rules and regulations structure of organizations that denounce each other. Say I'm, I'm part of the church, but yet you denounce another church or you denounce someone that is in the same uh, faith. When I say faith, I'm talking about doctrinal teaching, but because they're not part of your organization, then you're denounced, you're dismissed. I, I view this as the Frankenstein theory where things have been piecemealed together. Yes, the scribes and Pharisees suffered from this dreadful patchwork they called a religious body, even though they were separate. The Pharisees did not believe as the, the scribes believed. They had some commonality, and the main thing was that we are, we're superior than others. Uh, the Herodians and there were others, groups of people that felt the same way and had a religious tone that would claim to be a religious body. I claim it to be Frankenstein theory. 
when we all get together, what a day of rejoicing it will be when we all see Matthews 23 and 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compress, compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twice fold more the child of hell than yourselves. Arrogance. Arrogance. The playing field. Why is Jesus? Why is Jesus? Why is your master eating with publicans and sinners? All right, I'm going to digress from that. Come back to it another day. I, I have some churches to be at. Listen. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and in the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. He was disappointed. Yes, his things were hurt. Anger is, means that you were emotionally attached. Yes, you're emotionally attached to something. That's why you became angry. You had expectation. You had uh, hopes. It, it wasn't just that you labored, but remember when you, you, you cook and you're cooking for the party, you are cooking with the intentions of pleasing. You're cooking with the intentions of making others happy. And so you are pouring yourself into it. And so his feelings were hurt. This was personal. With God, it is personal. Just as it is personal for you. Thank you, Jesus. He was affected. The servant was affected. Some of the guests that said that did not make excuses were affected as well as they looked around. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and there is room. There's room. With good consciousness, I have reached out to all the guests, but yet there are empty seats. Friends, know that there's room for you. The house is not filled yet. The clerical call is yet going out to invite, tell others. And I want to encourage you to tell, to be that servant, whatever, wherever church you're at, wherever you are on this planet, to make that call and to tell others that they need to come to the feast. Lord told his servants, go out into the ways, the highways and hedges and compel them to come. Compel them. Give them a reason to come. Tell them why they should come. Be compelling. I, I, whatever vernacular that you need to use to get someone, do it. So that the house is full. Your church wherever you have fellowship at, that the house is full. Blessed, when, when the minister is up, when the minister is at home preparing for the service, he is pouring himself out emotionally, 
mentally, sometimes physically, in preparation for the message, in prayer and fasting. And constantly ask, Lord, bless the people to get this. Even while up ministering, Lord, help the people embrace and grasp what is being said. Go tell them about the feast. Tell them how good the food is, what's been prepared. It's free. And it was prepared especially for you. The Lord sent another text. He sent it through a person. He sent it through email. You know, posted another on TikTok, Snapchat, threads, handed out invitations to everyone that my house may be filled. You know, there's a scripture that said, I would that no man would perish. That's why he wants the house filled. There's no reason for you to suffer hunger. Your soul will not be fed. There's no reason not to come to a party. Uh, when you, a cornerstone, cornerstone is a, is a, is a celebration place. Cause see when the cornerstone is put in, in place of any building or bridge, that low bearing structure is a time of celebration. The Lord has sent out a call to fill his house and to gather the guests to be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this short exhortation an opportunity to speak about filling your house to let others know that there is a seat for them. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, and we bless you. I ask that you would bless each one that has heard the word and those that will be listening, Lord God, to apply the word in Jesus' name. No excuses. Hallelujah. To let go of excuses, to let go of those things that don't make sense. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take this time to touch something here. And my prayer is that it is a blessing, even more of a blessing for you to add on to the blessing I've just received. And that was the word of God. Now, again, I want to remind you on Wednesdays that we're fasting from 12 a.m. to 3 p.m. You know, and I want you to know that if you have any questions or desire fellowship, visit us at connectingtruth.org. That is connectingtruth.org. Maybe you have a meeting. We have a, a leadership conference coming up in the month of, of uh, October, October 5th, 6th, and 8th. And, and so um, I'm looking for that correspondence to come out so we can post it, uh, make it visible on our website for the moment. And so I want you to look for that. Again, that's connectingtruth.org. If you go to our website, you can also email us from there and send us a communion about the event or something that you're having. Now, we are preparing for 2024. That's not too early uh, for three nights of Pentecost. And so we're looking to have a high time in the Lord um, on on those three nights. And if you look on our website, if you go to the website, you'll see a counter. There's a counter on our website counting down to the 50th day of, of that celebration. And, and so I want you to, again, you know, join in with us as we uh, prepare for that.
And, you know, I want to elaborate a little bit, just want to touch a little bit about preparedness. And, you know, a couple of Sundays ago, we talked about influencing the outcome, influencing the outcome. And, and so on our website, we're going to place some links there for job services. You know, many jobs now are remote. Some are in office and you shouldn't fret going into an office to work. I've worked for home for the last three years and there are times that I wanted to go to the office. There are other times I went to the bookstore and sat in the bookstore and worked from there because I wanted to get out the house. And so, um, and so we're going to place a few links for job services there. Now, did you find that what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. And so there are 266 days that are, as we're counting down, um, you know, to that service with excitement. And, um, but we're going to add, as I said, job services on there because many, um, I'm big, I think it's important um, and, and I'm big about, about advancing, advancing yourself. And, and so I think in the church, we don't take opportunities that we could and that we should. And let me tell you something, I was testifying to someone uh, many years ago, uh, I was working outdoors in 100 degree weather and all of that. And I didn't want to do that continually. So I, um, I bought a dummies book. Yep, yellow and black dummies book and on Excel. And I became proficient in using Excel. And that got me into a position that I wanted to be in because they needed someone else proficient with Excel. And um, and that gave me the, the path that I'm on now where I am the director of information technology. Uh, and so I'm very seen in programming now, but it started with Excel. And Excel in itself is a very powerful program and analysts use it, financial analysts and other analysts use that uh, every day, all day long. And it really is a huge program that if you just mastered that one program by itself and then learn some VBA basic application, it pays very well. It pays very well. And so I'm just using that as a testimony, an example, uh, because there are opportunities out there and I don't want you to miss opportunities that can be presented because there are a lot of uh, smart people that are listening, smart because they've applied themselves, that are listening to uh, Inside the Pages that are listening, that is presented here by the Cornerstone of Grace. And so opportunities are available. And all you need is one. You, you, you're not capture them all, <laughs> but all you need is one. And the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved. And we get in the word, we want to quote scriptures, but I, I need you to learn how to quote Excel. I need you to learn how to quote C-sharp. Need you to learn how to quote other things uh, besides scripture. You should be able to quote the measure of what you're dealing with. If you're a nurse, if you are uh, whatever field uh, that you are in, whatever you're practicing, something you need to be able to be fluent in that, so that you can have a comfortable or to make your lifestyle more comfortable. Okay. Instead of just nodding their heads and saying amen and 
spending time on our knees praying. Well, other people are doing what I'm saying right now, and they're not praying. But they're being diligent in business. And they're reaping the benefit of diligence because the Bible says the diligent shall bear rule. It didn't say saints shall bear rule, even though we can talk about that. But we fall short in some areas. The Bible said my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So we don't spend enough time getting acquainted with the things that we need to be acquainted with. Oh, we get acquainted with an organ, do, 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 the bass guitar, oh, I got a little dance going on. Oh, then we have a good time in church, but we're not acquainted because when we leave church, our testimony don't measure up to all of the excitement and the celebration that we had. The scripture said, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So just as we claim to be prospering spiritually, we should be prospering naturally. And that takes effort. I want to encourage you to invest in yourself. You need to invest time. You need to invest a few dollars. Be consistent. Have some tenacity. Discipline yourself to be consistent, to stick with it. Now, you may be working as a security guard or a service rep or a counter person, whatever your position is, and you're not making the kind of money you want to make, you what you want to make more, but yet you're not strategizing how to do that. Now, even though you might be doing those things, that doesn't stop you from taking initiative to read a book or even to listen to an audible book. I consider audible books as lectures, but you're increasing your knowledge. Now, a man cannot rise above his knowledge. No one can. Wherever your knowledge stops at, you can tell what a person's knowledge stopped because if you listen to them talk, the phrases that they use and different things that they say identify that their level of communication has stopped. But through reading and writing and reading and writing, it, it increases your knowledge. It increases you. And so applications are, are, are free. So training is, is no excuse. You have YouTube. Um, you have different things. And we spend a lot of money uh, on our phones. How much you spend on your phone? I'm just kidding. Don't tell me. <laughs> People are spending hundreds on phones and they're not taking the time to spend that kind of money. Listen, you may not, you not, everyone's not going to be the next TikTok or social media um, person that's going to, personality is going to blow up or anything like that. But listen, listen, you need to spend some time investing in yourself. Yes, you spend money, you're giving money away all over the place. Stop. There are jobs. Now, because there are jobs paying remotely, you could be any place and, and, and working a remote job that's paying you 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. I, I just looked at a job paying $116 an hour. When the job is paying a lot, it's telling you that it's in demand because few people have a skill set. So you have to spend time looking at what you want to do, too. Search it out. It's going to take more than a day to do it unless you already know because you've already been doing it.
Yes, this, this is the will of God. I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. That's God's will. And so we don't want you, I don't want you to miss opportunities. I want to encourage you to seize the moment. There are so many opportunities. Now, make a list of what you did or what you're doing. What did you do this week to better your finances? We're talking about fasting and praying and seeking God. Make a note. What did you do better to, for your finances? You know, start a list of accomplishments, and there's nothing too small. I didn't spend $20 going to Starbucks this week. Yes, I didn't do that. Okay. Uh, I read and became acquainted with at another level uh, of my profession. I did do that. I spent time, you know, um, doing some things. You, you might've did your resume. Did you have anybody look at it? Did you have anybody criticize your resume to see if it was better? I did. I wanted to, to, to apply for a great opportunity that I saw and someone looked at my resume and they, they said it was good, but deep down inside, I didn't feel that it was good. And someone pointed out a couple of words, just the first sentence in my resume, which changed it, which to me made a change gaming, game changing. There we go. <laughs> game changing. And when I applied for the position, I got a phone call immediately saying I was impressed with your resume. That was the voicemail message that I took the criticism what somebody gave. Criticism is not a bad thing. It makes you better. It makes you better. So I want to, I want to influence the outcome. I know what I'm looking for and I know what my heart's desire is. And I know that, that you want the same thing. And so we have to make adjustments to influence the outcome. We have to know what to say. The woman that was talking to Jesus, he said, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And she said, but the dogs eat the crumbs that fall on the floor. She knew what to say. She influenced the outcome. You won't know what to say if you don't take time to learn what to say. Now, there's a lot of opportunity. There are a lot of, not just you, let me go back to the phone. We spend a lot of money on our phones, uh, paying a the bill. There are some, you to me, there are other places that are teaching, but you have to, that are like $10 for them to teach you a lesson. But you have to not only pay the $10, but you need to sit down and learn the lesson. Take notes, reread the notes, take notes, reread the notes. Become acquainted with definition so that you can talk about it as if you've been doing it all your life, as if when you came out the womb, I didn't come out the womb to be an addict. I didn't come out the womb to be anything except a professional and what God has called me to be. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to When we talk about church, we talk about things. The Lord told the angel of the Lord by night, open the prison door. And then you'll find this in the fifth chapter of Acts quiz. No, I'm just kidding. And he brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. And so what I'm talking to you about is the words of this life. And when they heard it, they entered into the temple early in the morning and they did what God wanted them to do. Now, listen, 
when God opens a door, when God opens a door, don't you close it. When God opens a door, do not close that door. I want to say that again, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But listen, thank you for your patience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the word of God today. And we'll have some of this posted on our website, connectingtruth.org, as stated. You know, right now, as we uh, come to a close of this service, I want to play a little bit of a song by the Winans called Tomorrow. And, and so be blessed. Thank you. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.